in brightest day, in blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's life. Pretty cool, huh? Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 201. That's right. We're back. Seems like it's been forever. It's only been a week. <laughs> week or two weeks. Uh, but I think it's just the fact that it, it took so it took so long and so many different recording sessions to put together the marathon that was episode 200 that just seems like it's been forever since we've been sitting down to record a regular episode. The longest Lantern Cast episode to date. <laughs> and I really don't think that's a record we really should set out to ever beat. <laughs> I think we might beat it, but I don't think it's, it should be a, shouldn't be a goal. I think we beat the previous uh, longest episode by about half an hour, which I think was episode number 100. So we can only imagine what episode 300 is going to be like. Get get ready, folks. <laughs> Request the time off from work now. <laughs> <laughs> volume 4, episode 300, volume 4. <laughs> and now we'll talk about Lantern stuff. Yeah, I was actually thinking over the break, like, what, what if we... Because everyone's saying, you know, you should renumber, you know, every now and then. Uh, but... I was thinking, like, what if, rather than going back to one or counting all the episodes and then totaling up and then going from there, what if we just, like, did seasons? So, like, you know, after – because once the, the sixth anniversary happens in November, then we should be like, we this is season six, episode one. You know what I mean? Every time – That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, but I, do that. I just, I mean, I, th- I, I, it's kind of, it's kind of the legacy now. You know, the, the whole, I know. you know, the way like, uh, DC or Marvel will change the numbering of a title. Oh, God, that's, it, that's, 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 we can have a whole episode on that crap. Well, well, they'll change, <laughs> they'll change the numbering of a title until it gets to an anniversary issue. Like when, uh, uh, Batman and Superman got to the 700 mark or whatever. You know, they they yeah, they went back they to do seven. the same thing with Spider Man yeah. or Fantastic Four. Yeah, see, see, yeah, see, see we're over two hundred now, so it's almost like a legacy numbering now. You know, they they the higher we get, the the more they're meant to be celebrated. So well, unless we keep unless we always kept like in parentheses had the actual overall episode number besides what season and episode number was. So, <laughs> but all right, well, um, this episode, guys, we. I, I was obviously in Puerto Rico uh, for my father's wedding, and for those wondering, it went well. Maybe I'll post a couple of pictures to the Lantern Cast Facebook page, just to get a get a feel. Not a whole album, but you know, three or four. Just just a few. of Chad being shit faced will be enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Chad's sweating because there's no central air in the place I was staying. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, I wasn't there for air conditioning. Uh, but anyways. So wedding went well, everything went went pretty well, had a good time, but uh, you know, there's obviously no way to record anything between uh, go getting back and forth, and plus once you're back from vacation, of course, and I didn't edit. I got back in eleven to my apartment at like eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night, and I went to work for first thing the next morning. So there was no there was no day off to recuperate and sleep in or anything. So I've just been working ever since then. Uh, as we record right now, peeling back the, the curtain, it is, uh, it, it's Sunday the 19th. Um, so this is my first official day off since, uh, since, uh, getting back from Puerto Rico. But everything was good, but now we're recording. Uh, there wasn't really, we couldn't really find any, a single issue. So 
we're just going to talk news. And thank God there's actually news to make an episode about. So, so all we got to do is just bring up talk topics and discuss. <laughs> and this is our kind of episode, considering with. <laughs> Considering we need to get back on the horse, it's a perfect kind of episode. That that and uh, a four-hour episode should really be followed up with like a forty-five-minute an hour episode. Anyway, <laughs> uh, who knows how long this is going to last? Because we're going to do feedback too. So, um, well, Mark, take it away. What do you what do you, you want to talk about first? Because mo- guys, mostly we're going to be talking about movie announcements, and I'm sure you know what we're talking about. But Mark is the movie guy, so Mark, you tell me what what, what are we starting with. Well, let's start with the let's start with the, the WB's big announcement of their to say ambitious is is being to use the word ambitious is a tad conservative considering their considering their release schedule here that they they announced or announced and released their grand re- schedule for all the DC related movies that are going to be coming out basically over the next 5 years. So that's probably a good place to start. So do you want to do you want to give the, we can we can alternate with the years or how do you want to do this? Now the list I'm just going to read off the list, uh, ramble them all off in order uh, the year they're supposed to be coming out. Now I'm going to read uh, the list as it appears on comicbook.com. Um, this is uh, the graphic uh, that most people have seen. Um, one of these movies, I have no idea what it is, and it appears three times, but okay. Uh, so, 26... You mean the Harry... That's the Harry Potter one. The Fantastic Beast? Yes, that's 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 a Harry... That's a, that's a Harry Potter spinoff, and I think they're breaking it up into three parts. Okay. That's the reason why it's listed three times. Okay, so, 2016, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the Lego Ninja, Ninjago movie... 2017 Wonder Woman, Justice League, and the Lego Batman movie, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> t- 2018 The Flash, Aquaman, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and the Lego Movie 2. 2019 Shazam and Justice League 2. 2020 Cyborg, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and Green Lantern. So that is... <laughs> That is, uh, that's, uh, 12, 16 movies? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it is. 16 movies, uh, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11, 11 of them DC related. I'm including Lego Batman movie there. I figured you were. Yeah, so, uh, wow. <laughs> so, I, um, okay, The Flash. Let's start with that because The Flash, it was announced that they cast. The Flash already, right? Yes. Do you have the actor's name? I don't have it in front of me. I knew you were going to ask me that because I actually don't. But give me a but keep yeah, go, keep, go ahead. T- keep talking and I'll find it. Um, a lot of people are talking about that because he looks really young. I mean, I'm talking really young. Um, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, yes. Um, some people were talking online that he's a, a gay actor. Who gives a shit? <laughs> he just looks young. That's all. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what his uh, sexual preference is. He just looks really young. Um, but I think I think the big concern there is they're making a the Flash movie, assuming that uh, that the Flash TV show is still on the air. It's going to be have gone for what four or five years. I mean, at that point, 
I mean, yes. a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, the TV show, comic book TV shows, pull stuff the same way movies do. Pull stuff from the comics. What are they going to do in the Flash movie that they won't have already done or planned to have done or kind of already done in the Flash TV show? I mean, are they going to? And plus, and and plus, sorry, you have the the realist, and this is what people talk about with Arrow too: the fact that if the if the Flash show is still on the air which, at that point, which would indicate that it's a that's it's a hit, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's so if it's still on the so if the if the TV show is a hit, just like Arrow is a hit, and you end up bringing both the Flash and Green Green Arrow into the Justice League, and they're different actors, how does that really help you? <laughs> you you're kind of like in, you're kind of increasing the idea of there being feet of there being feedback, a negative feedback, a pushback against that, mm. and not even on the based on, on like the Smallville level, like you know there was always talk, oh you know we should he should be the we should put him in Superman, you know, when Smallville ends. The difference is we know there's been multiple people playing Superman over the years, whether it's on TV or in the movies. And that character, you know, and there is a one act. Another thing, maybe Christopher Reeve, there probably is a one actor that people automatically still to this day associate with Superman. But with Green Arrow in, in The Flash, I mean, the reality is if if The Flash becomes a big hit, then even – even though I still have fond memories back in the day of John Wesley Ship as the Flash, and I did actually watch the pilot episode like a week or so ago, so it was kind of cool to see him being Barry's father. But he, no one, he's not, he's not the iconic actor tied into that role. So the closest thing we'd have would be Frank based on a, yeah, based on a TV show, and obviously Green Arrow. There's no comparison, you know, because Green Arrow wasn't even a blip on the radar screen for the most part in most people's minds. So that that whole thing is, even though it seems like on some level they they want to copy Marvel's universe, but yet their blueprint for doing it seems completely different. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people are critical of it, but I'm going to go the Smallville route, like you just said, since you brought it up, of there being a live action Flash movie while there's a live action Flash TV show. Smallville was out and going when Superman Returns came out, so there's there's that, but. Superman Returns wasn't a critically acclaimed hit, but we didn't know that until it, you know, actually came out. Um, uh, and Smallville, while it was good, I don't know what season it was in when it when Superman Returns came out. Uh, so I don't know because because The Flash is doing gangbusters right now. I mean, they're they're that what was it the second episode? And this is unheard of apparently. The second episode of The Flash retained about ninety percent of its initial audience. Which, that is def yeah that's that's almost that is very hard to do. Yeah. So that's that'd be like that'd be like a number two issue holding on to ninety percent of the sales from number one, especially if it's not a main you know if it's like a relatively it's like if let's just imagine that Sinestro held on to like ninety percent of its sales after the first you know, or something like some it's just hard to do in general because there's always a there's always a big interest in the first episode and you're or the first issue and you're always going to have a certain percentage of people or viewers or readers who will say, okay, I, I read it, I'm not happy with it, or I'm okay with it, and then it's not like they even necessarily don't want to watch it or read it anymore, it just doesn't be, it doesn't grab them enough to make it as high a priority as it was to watch it the first time. Right, then uh, you, we're gonna, guys, we're gonna refrain from talking about the TV show stuff until towards the end of the episode so that we don't get any, any spoilers, but I do want to ask you later on about how, what you thought about the Flash pilot, so we'll, we'll cycle back around to that. Um, before we get into any, any one of these movies, I, I, I it's kind of weird. There's no, uh, Man of Steel 2 
or Batman solo movie, unless you count the Lego Batman movie, which I do. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that. That is very, very, very odd. I mean, in a way, because I guess we know that Batman vs. Superman has kind of evolved from being a straight-up Man of Steel sequel to basically kind of like being a very tenuous sequel at best. Right. That it's it certainly will be the the second appearance of Cavill as Superman, but it's not really. It's definitely more of a DC Universe movie and a DC Universe building movie. Right. It does seem. I think to, in a way, to me, the biggest surprise might be the Batman thing. But maybe that's maybe they actually have a date that they haven't announced yet. Maybe it's something that they're holding. Maybe they have a slot in their schedule that they're that they have maybe in the back of their minds at least, and they just want to see how fans react to Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, you know, people actually truly despise him in the, in that role after seeing him be Batman. Then maybe that's another thing that then then they won't do it. Yeah. But Man of Steel is Man of Steel. Is, yeah, I guess in their minds they think this is kind of the Man of Steel sequel, and it's and it's serving a a bigger or broader purpose, and they figure they're going to use him in so many of the Justice League movies and everything else, and maybe they don't really necessarily need a straight-up Man of Steel, too. There are two surprises to me on this list. Suicide Squad and Cyborg. To me, Cyborg came out of left field. I hadn't heard any rumors at all of that being a movie. Had you heard any of those? I don't think so. I don't think... It It surprises me, but it's not... To me, if there's anything on this list that surprises me as a choice, as in just you know the character, the character or characters, Suicide Squad is the one. Yeah. Because it's like you're really picking, you're really picking something for the most for a lot of people that's going to be relatively obscure, and you're throwing it right at, right in the mix right off the bat. Now you're also assuming that ba- we know Batman versus Superman is going to make money. There's no doubt it's going to make money. Whether people like it or not is another story. Yeah, at the very least, on opening weekend, it'll make gangbusters. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's going to have a really, really, really big opening. Yeah. And whether how much it retains or what people think of it, that's another story. So you're really counting on the follow-up to Batman and Superman being Suicide Squad, and that's I don't know that that's 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 kind of shaky. I know people can try to justify it on some levels, and they can also say, oh, well, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. But you can't look at Guardians of the Galaxy because Guardians of the Galaxy has come came six years after after Iron Man, yeah. after Marvel has already established their universe where at this point – and I guess as we talked about I think previously that Ant-Man is going to be the next thing that's going to, to test this theory that Marvel can do no wrong. That just because there's, you know, there's kind of been such a train wreck of getting this movie together and rewrites and this, that, and the other thing. That, you know, Marvel has such a track record of success that Guardians of the Galaxy had a lot of goodwill going into it. So you can't really compare it. If it, it would have been like Guardians of the Galaxy coming out right after, right after Iron Man, the original Iron Man, do we think that would have been a, as big a hit? Do we think it was likely it would have been that big a hit? Mm, I don't think, no, I don't think so. So that's a very, so to me, Suicide Squad is the only one on this list to me that seems really like I don't know. And then, but then you look at the rest of this list, and maybe it's when they do these movies. It's it's the release schedule. It's like you have two Justice League movies coming out within two years of each other. That seems like that's kind of that's. I mean, it's 
it's not impossible to turn, you know, to have you know, movies out within two years of each other. And and who knows what, when they're actually. I would also assume they're going to film some of the stuff. Maybe they'll film for the original Justice League movie will be, you know, for the sequel. You know, kind of like if they're not filming back to back, they're going to film some of the material that'll be rolled into potentially anyway. They're probably they're probably League filming 2. Justice League and Justice League Two back to back. Probably, I would assume they're going to do uh, they're going to do that. But you look at the you look at the schedule. Um, I can understand maybe I mean Wonder Woman putting that out relatively early. I guess that makes sense. Aquaman? Eh, I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. It could be good. I'm not saying it's not going to be good. I'm just saying, I mean, Shaz- Shazam is interesting because we, you kind of you had kind of heard that Shazam, or the implications were that Shazam was a lot further along as far as getting it onto the screen, especially once it became clear that that The Rock, that Dwayne Johnson was going to be Black Adam. At first, we knew he was going to be one of the two characters, and he then he pretty much picked the one that seemingly he's looks the most like and could probably do a really good job with, even you know the the best job with. Cyborg, yeah, I don't know if there's a huge demand for a cyborg movie, and that's and again a lot of a bit, part of the potential problem with their release schedule is they really don't have anything at the moment that screams hit that says all these movies are really going to be plausible or, or realistic. Batman, we know Man of Steel did. If you add in the foreign box office, Man of Steel did okay, but it didn't do what people thought it was going to do. It certainly didn't do it domestically. It didn't really make all that much more money than uh, Superman Returns, and people didn't like Superman Returns and consider that a failure. So Man of Steel did not rack up the money that they kind of hoped. It didn't bomb, and I guess they were they were happy with the direction enough to to begin the, their DC, the universe building with that as opposed to – Green Lantern, which they were kind of hoping originally was going to be the first step towards building the universe, and it just you know crashed and burned. No pun intended. Yeah. But but you but there, a lot of these things, it's like if Batman versus Superman is a critical flop, then you know a lot of these movies are never going to see the light of day. Well, it's 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 not just that. Here's the problem with I have. Look, I understand that copying the Marvel movie method is. Uh, outright copying it is probably, I don't know, looks bad to whomever, but you can't deny its success. So do you want to take the, the jokes of copying Marvel's success, but still being successful yourself? Or would you l- strive to make your, your methods so different just so you can be different from Marvel, but bomb? I mean, that, there's a better way to phrase that, I'm sure. But the the here's here here in the schedule is is what I see as the issue with with not copying the Marvel method. Justice League in 2017, uh, maybe Batman versus Superman in 2016. Those two movies. I we've heard that Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is going to be in Batman versus Superman. Whether she's Diana Prince. Or whether she's Wonder Woman, who knows? But by by having let's let's just forget Batman versus Superman for a second. Forget even the fact that Wonder Woman is in it. Justice League is presumably going to have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, Shazam, Green Lantern, and Cyborg in it. And if not, it maybe a, two of those characters will not be in the first one, but maybe join the team in the second one. I don't know, but. Let's say they all appear in 
together in Justice League, the first one. What if that movie is not not good? Or a lot of people don't relate to... They like Aquaman and Green Lantern, but they don't like Cyborg and Flash. Or whatever combination of the like and dislike. By ha- By risking that with Justice League, you automatically lose money for these other movies. You know what I mean? If if yeah. you know if if people don't relate to the Flash in Justice League, but they hear a Flash movie's coming out next year, and they go, "Well, I didn't really like him in that other movie, so I'm not going to go see it." <laughs> then there you go. There, there there goes your audience right there. Or even it's not even necessarily that they don't that they don't like the character or they don't like the actor or the portrayal of the character. It's just they're jamming so many people into one movie. That it may not even be a, a real dislike. It's just that they don't get enough screen time to make to give you an opinion one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing necessarily draws you in to say, "Yeah, I want to see more, more about this, more about this character." And looking at the and looking at the release schedule, I know we, you know, there's been we talked about this a little, little on Facebook, a few of us that. I can understand maybe how they want to distance themselves from the Ryan Reynolds movie. So that's why Green Lantern is way at the end of this. But I kind of have a problem with Green Lantern not coming out to 2020, especially with the other movies that are coming out in front of before it. I mean, and especially when we are going to assume that we would have already seen Green Lantern at, at least in Justice League in the first in Justice League Part One and Part Two, if not a cameo in uh, Batman versus Superman. Which is very possible. It's still, well, we don't know what the hell's going on with Batman versus Superman. We keep hearing stuff yeah. all the time about new people being added oh. and whether they're cameos or not. So the fact that they haven't announced who is being who who has been cast to play Green Lantern, which of course will go a long way towards clearing up, and we'll get into this in a little bit, which character is going to be the Green Lantern they're going to use? How I don't give fi- a shit when anybody says it's how. I agree with you, and, and well, I think it's going to be how because if for no other reason. You don't put all these icons together like they're trying to build with, and with the asterisk being on Cyborg, but at least Cyborg is not a generational hero. I mean, he's not a multi-generational hero. There's only one Cyborg, unless you want to count Hank Henshaw, <laughs> that there's only one Cyborg really in the DC universe. So, and he's maybe more to appeal to, you know, for to a different audience anyway. But you can't just throw all these classic icons or incarnations of the characters together and then throw in some schlub Green Lantern. So. We, but once that, so they we, they could still cast somebody for Green Lantern. He could still have a cameo in Batman vs Superman because again that movie's not coming out till 2016. But I mean we would already. But even if he doesn't show up to Justice League, we have Justice League and Justice League Two at this point. It's like Green Lantern. I mean he doesn't get he doesn't have a movie come out until after Suicide Squad. He doesn't have a movie come out again until after Shazam. I mean, Wonder Woman, okay, because we know Wonder Woman is part of the Trinity, and we can make a debate whether based on relevance, whether she should be or not, I guess. Probably now now it's less of an argument than, than when Green Lantern was really going strong, at, like, you know, three, like four or five years ago when Green Lantern was, you know, up at the top. But you can understand why they want to get her movie out, especially because she was a, she, she's going to appear premiere in the Batman versus Superman so to kind of build on that assuming again people like her from what we see of her or at least are intrigued by her enough to want to see a movie at the very least good on WB for being the first to put out a well assuming there are 
the first to put out a female-led superhero movie. That's true. Yeah. So it's I don't know. I think I think the release. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a very ambitious again to say the least schedule, but there's a lot of potential problems with whether again if, if the just if Batman versus Superman doesn't do as well as they expect, no, I don't think they're going to stop because they have too much invested to stop. But it definitely could change their planning. Mm-hmm. It definitely could plan the movies that they have planned to come out four years down the road that they haven't even started pre-production on. They definitely could change some of those or alter the schedule. I mean, they had the release dates in theory, so it doesn't really. So they could very easily swap movies out in in and out based on if they if they feel they need to do this or we can. We feel we can do a good job with this with this uh, project. And we need this one to be a hit. This is really more important to our universe building in the big picture, so let's swap it out with one that's not. See, I think a lot of people think that Justice League and Justice League 2 are going to film back-to-back. I think what's happening right now with all these crazy-ass announcements of how many people they're casting in various things, I think they're filming Dawn of Justice and Justice League back-to-back. They could be, but you. But the thing the thing is you also, you also don't know <clears> – you also don't know how many uh, – how how much screen time these characters are going to have? Yeah, that you assume one. You assume because they've all you know you've already seen. Well, they put out you know they put out like the, the picture of Gail Godot in her outfit, and you've already seen pictures on set of her being in civilian clothes. So you kind of assume she's going to have more screen time logically, and of course, if her movie's coming out the year after, that she's going to have more screen time probably than anybody else of the main heroes, other than Batman and Superman. But you really have no idea if the other, some of the other characters whether they're going to be in for more for like a minute, whether it's going to be a cameo, whether it's you know you, it's going to be like ten minutes. You don't know, so it's so that's the only thing that would get that makes. I think they could, they might be filming some of this for this for I mean filming footage to roll into Justice League One Two, no pun intended. Two as in two T zero zero. I mean two T O O. But you, again, because you don't know how much they're going to be in the movie, it could have just it could just be you know they're going to be there for like five minutes, you know, ten, one day's worth of shooting for like one scene, and then then we don't, we'll see you again when we all convene for the Justice League shoot. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. It's and related to and let's actually no, what else? I don't want to well, go off of the there's, so a, there's, there's two other things I was going to say. One, Jason Moma is Aquaman. Uh, Jason Moma was Cal Drogo in uh, Game of Thrones. Um, also, I'm actually pretty. I'm actually looking forward to the Shazam movie. I wasn't really looking forward to it when they announced um, uh, uh, The Rock as uh, uh, Black Adam. But now that there's actually going to be a Shazam movie... And I wish to God they'd call it Captain Marvel, but I know they won't. But anyways, now that there's going to be a Shazam movie, like, I didn't know that there was going to be a Shazam movie. I thought that maybe Black Adam would be a villain that the Justice League went up against or, you know, something like that. Or maybe there'd be a, uh, maybe there'd be a uh, Secret Society of Supervillains. I mean, I don't know. But now that there's going to be a Shazam solo movie, I'm not super invested in the character or anything like that. For some reason, that one out of the bunch, uh, other than Green Lantern, of course, that one out of the bunch strikes me as the most interesting and the most and could be one of the bigger hits, I think. 
like the, like a sleeper hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's a lot and, of potential and there's, there. And there's, and there's no, and the, sorry, there's no, um, there's no reason that you know Black Adam can't show up before that. Yeah. He could be a cameo somewhere. Yeah. You know, he depending again depending on depending on when Shazam is actually introduced into the the DC movie universe, whether he shows up at you know in, in the in Justice League, whether he shows up at the end of Justice League, you know, or something, or 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 in Aquaman, whatever. That the fact that it's possible that Black Adam will have, you know, and, and that's that was one of the debates about you know which who who should Dwayne Johnson who should Dwayne Johnson play? That yes, he's probably best suited for Black Adam. He looks he looks more he looks more like Black Adam. He could probably do a really good job with, with the part, but by making him a villain and not the main character, you kind of cut down. Theoretically, you would you would think you cut down on the number of times you can use him. Yeah. Unless you're gonna, unless you know, unless and especially, and it seems even more that way once we found out that you know Shazam's not coming out to 2019 because there were a lot of rumors that Shazam was going to be either the second movie of 2016 or the 20 of one of the 2017 movies. So the fact that they pushed it back, you know, from now anyway, that's but five years from now, or a little less than five, depending when it comes out in that year, that you would the fact the idea of the, the concept of maybe him being like a Loki like character that appears in a lot of movies, that kinda of cutting down on that possibility. Yeah. Well that's all I really had to had to say about that. Um was there something you wanted to add to all that or Yeah, I figured this was a good segue into that your and to get your your love for Newsarama going even stronger. Yeah, I haven't read this. Yeah, and you can read it after. I mean, well, I can't read it now. Either. Yeah, <laughs> no. essentially, I don't mean now. I mean later. Uh, essentially, what the article was that it was, and it's pure speculation. You know, and as we know, opinions are like a holes. Pretty much everybody has one, and that's what, I, as far as I'm concerned, by looking at this article, that's all you can chalk this up to. That they speculated on which character, not actor, which character. Might be Green Lantern in the in you know when in the Justice League and in the solo movie and everything, and they go through this checklist more, more or less and is basically built a, built along the premise that basically that Chad and I don't agree with to begin with, which is that they're not gonna they're not gonna go with Hal because he's too white for lack of a better way of saying it that in the land of political correctness and diversity for diversity's sake that era that we live in now that because of the makeup of what the makeup we assume of what the Justice League team is going to look like, that they're going to not go with a, you know, the white Anglo-Saxon Green Lantern, so they're going to go the, the minority route. So they don't make the case that it's going to be John Stewart. Where if I had to make, if I, if somebody told me right now that they're, they're not going to use Hal, I would say they're going to use John Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> because at least he's got a fan base from the Justice League cartoon, and people. You know, we, we, as we know, kind of we, as Green Lantern fans, we could laugh at it. But when Ryan Reynolds was announced as Green Lantern, we know there were some people who go, but the Green Lantern's black. Why is Ryan Reynolds playing him? Yeah. You know, so that would be the logical way to go. Yes, he's not a woman, but he but he does fit the bill if you're going for going for diversity. And he's been around since the 70s. Yes. So if, if, if they were going to go that route, I would say Jon Stewart. But they go, no, it's not John Stewart. I guess Guy. I don't think they really consider Guy much because Guy, unfortunately, would fall into the Hal mode, and he's not nearly as popular. So that would. They talk about Kyle, and they talked about his Latino, you know, his Latino roots, depending on which origin you read of of Kyle. And you go, they go through all this, and they. And what bothered me more, besides the thinking 
betting process is the fact that they said, oh, they kind of implied that, oh, if, if you like if Las Vegas was taking bets on who was going to be which character was going to be Green Lantern, that it would be this character. And I and I'm and basically the whole premise of the article is how Jessica Cruz, otherwise who's not even Green Lantern, who's powering that this was their big logical or their or their push that she was going to be the Green Lantern in in the Justice League and or the the Green Lantern movie. And basically it's because she was she's a woman and because Jeff Johns created her. They mentioned Simon Baz too, mind you. But it's like do you really first of all, most people don't even know who Jessica Cruz is at all. I still haven't she's, read anything with her yet. I and I and I have I've meant to and I think I have like one issue with a Justice League comic that she's that she's been in since she became powering. She's not Green Lantern to begin with. She's powering. She has no ties to the core, which makes no sense if you're trying to be if you're trying to universe build. Yeah, Jeff Johns created her, but Jeff Johns also created Simon Baz, and more importantly, Jeff Johns also has a huge investment in Hal Jordan. <laughs> it doesn't. It, I mean, the lot. It's just the logic behind it. If, if Las Vegas was really taking money on who was going to be Green Lantern, which character? Not only would Jessica Cruz be a long shot, she would be such a long shot. She probably would be off the board <laughs> because nobody. Let's have all these icons and Jessica Cruz. Yes, um, it makes no it makes no sense. <coughs> I mean, if it's not Hal, I would say it almost has to be John. Um, I did something the other day for both. Uh, not the other day. I mean, a few weeks ago, uh, probably over a month ago. A year ago. Come on, no, Chad. Be honest. No, um, <laughs> uh, on my personal Twitter, on the Lantern Cast's Twitter. On my personal Facebook page and on, I think, uh, the Lanterncast uh, page, I stopped following Newsarama. And my life is a little bit better for it because guys, all they, look, look, one comic entity, a comic fan entity, Lanterncast, going up against another comic fan entity, which is frankly bigger than us, Newsarama, is kind of crazy. We're all fans, but, Newsarama is, uh, it's like they don't read the comics they post articles about or any, they, 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 the, the things they post are so misleading. They posted, uh, a couple of panels from the, uh, Green Lantern Godhead issue. The not, not, not Green Lantern 35, but the actual Godhead single one shot issue. Oh, the arm, the severed yes. arm thing. They showed a severed, okay, and, and this is no spoilers. Uh, I mean, a character dies, but I mean, we're, we're guys, we're going to be getting into it in the next episode or two, so calm down. Um, a character dies, plug your ears and, you know, say woosa, I don't know. But, uh, the character, Ar- Arcus Chamuk dies, okay? He's humanoid looking, but he's got like fangs and, you know, kind of werewolf-like features as far as hairiness on his face. He's floating in space, his arm is severed, and... Newsarama starts going off about how Hal is dead now. Well, they, they didn't go off on Hal's death. They, they said uh, they went off on uh, is that Hal's severed arm floating around? Yes. Yeah, that that was that was their main and yeah, and despite the fact that people constantly kept posting, it's like no, that's not him. They, just, they didn't change it. Yeah, they and it's not just that, guys. They post so many different things that is is clearly just clickbait. Um. Uh, you know, Newsarama is one of the bigger sites, is the, basically the biggest, uh, comic news site out there. And the Flash TV pilot leaked online. Okay? There's no doubt about it. 
basically every fan in creation watched it for the most part uh, because it was out so long before the premiere that people were like, I'm not waiting that long to watch it. Uh, I'm going to watch it now. So they say uh, Newsarama posts something about a clip they saw in one of the you know, in one of the uh, in one of the interviews or something like, or, or one of the, the trailers or something. And they said something about uh, opening up uh, uh, multiverse, uh, opening up the multiverse or, or something like that based on a quote that Harrison Wells said in the pilot. And everybody was just going off on them, myself included, about you're telling me that none of you guys over at Newsarama watch the pilot online out of God knows how many people contribute to your site. And you're, you're, even, even in the trailer, they were trying to say made no sense with how Newsarama made this leap. And I was just like, I, that was the point where I was like, I'm done. It was either that or the Ar- Argus Chamuk thing. They, they, they came out roughly the same time. And I was just like, I'm done. All they do is they post clickbait. They don't, the, the, I, in another thing, their lists, I hate their viewing system. You know, when they have a top 10 list or something and you have to launch a yes. viewer and this whole thing, it's ridiculous. That is the dumbest way to do any sort of list or anything on a site I have ever heard of. There's nothing wrong with scrolling through a list from 10 to number one. <laughs> There's no need for the viewer. I'm done with it. I, and, and it was driving me crazy for years and now they just add it onto the pile. They and, and another reason Newsarama drives me insane is because... And I can't really call myself a writer or anything like that, but I grew up after a long time of wanting to be a journalist. And a matter of fact, deep down, I still would like to be a journalist someday. So from a quote-unquote wannabe journalist standpoint, Newsarama drives me insane. It drives me insane. As a comic fan, it drives me insane. As a Green Lantern fan, it drives me insane. So, all I do is, every time I see something that Newsarama posts, and I end up, even if I do end up reading it, I just get pissed off. So, I was like, you know what? There's comicbook.com, there's a whole bunch of other sites that give comic news now. I'm done with Newsarama. I'm just, I'm done. <laughs> so, <laughs> this Jessica Cruz thing, pull your head out of your ass, guys. Seriously. Yeah, I, I if if I could bet money on that, on, on whether that was right or wrong, I would feel extremely confident in betting that there's no way in hell that's gonna happen. Um, My life savings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but as we're gonna get into talking about when we as we get into some of the Marvel stuff in a second, that I also not not, not I don't wouldn't I never felt as strongly about the Marvel thing. As I did about this Jessica Cruz crap, but I wouldn't have bet that we would be heading that the storyline that they're seemingly go, heading towards with Marvel they they uh, were really going to touch anytime soon either. But and some people and I don't think it was on Newsarama. It was another site I think that posted the premise that they were that's the story Marvel was going to be doing. But the Jessica Cruz thing, I mean, it's like, I mean, God, they, they'd be. That would be they, because if they pick Jessica Cruz, besides the fact that she's a nobody. And leaving, even if we want to move beyond the fact that she's really not a Green Lantern, she's powering, you would, you would succeed in doing something which is not really, on the bright side, which is not really easy to do, which is, you would pretty much unite all Green Lantern fans against the choice. <laughs> Everybody would be unhappy with the choice. Kyle fans, Hal fans, Guy fans, John fans. Everybody would agree. What a horrible choice. <laughs> oh, no. Bad. Real bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know that we're not making any friends by calling out, or I'm not making any friends rather by calling out Newsarama, but honestly, Newsarama is never and never will. There's no possibility in the future that Newsarama would ever sponsor our show or, you know, give a crap about anything we do. So I have no problem calling them out. They're not, I, I'm never going to pay lip service to some website or. Uh, some creator when they're being assholes. <laughs> okay? If a creator, if I want to get a cre- an interview with a creator and it turns out they're an asshole, you know what? I'm going to say so at some point on the show. Uh, if they're a big enough asshole, I will not, uh, I, I'll, 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 I'll stop the interview or something or I won't do the interview. So there's no, like for instance, the Denny O'Neill, not Denny O'Neill, the the Neil Adams interview I did on on uh, the Green Lantern Green Arrow spinoff. There were a couple of moments that I cut out of the episode where there were some things, uh, ex- some exchanges between Fan and, and 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 Neil Adams that you know I didn't want to put out there. But it's not Neil Adams is an asshole. It's more of Neil Adams has a specific sense of humor. And he's a New Yorker, and he and sometimes people just get rubbed the wrong way. If if Neil Adams was a straight up asshole, I would have said so on the show. So this is the same kind of thing, guys. I don't give a crap how big you are, and Newsarama is the biggest is is the biggest site out there right now as far as comic news is concerned. I don't give a shit how big they are. I'm going to call them out. <laughs> They've been doing things wrong for a while, and the way they've been posting their articles and the conclusions that they jump to just to get people to visit their site and click on an article and have page views and, I don't know, increase the revenue stream that they get from advertising, it's not worth it to me, and it just makes me angry. So I will gladly like and follow them when they fix their things, but they don't give a crap about me. They they haven't in the past, so why would they now just because I'm calling them out on the air? They're not. So... I just this isn't Lantern Cast versus uh, versus Newsarama. This is I don't want that negativity in my life, so I'm just going to get rid of it. <laughs> and in case people were wondering, no, apparently Newsarama will not be our sponsor of the Lantern Cast. <laughs> <laughs> we we weren't looking for it. <laughs> that deal has now been shot. No, I I can I understand where you're coming from. I don't have. I don't. Have, I will be honest enough to say that on a general day in and day out basis, I don't have any. I don't have a personal um, vendetta. Yeah, or an axe to grind, or, or any opinion one way or the other. Actually, about Newsarama, I go there quite frequently. There are some. They, there are some articles they get, or some articles that I enjoy reading. And but yeah, I don't like. To, I don't like the way they do the list. And oh my god, try try doing it on a touch on a touch screen. My, my, I try, I try to do that on the surface all the time, and if I'm on Newsarama, it's like, oh my god, it's not even worth the effort. You keep clicking on this stuff eight thousand times. <laughs> like if I could just scroll down, yes, it'd be so much easier. But uh, all right. But yeah, we wanted to keep this short, so let's 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 Marvel. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, let's 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 do Marvel in the context of going through the release schedules in general over the last over the next few years. Okay. I don't have because that. Marvel, up, so you go. I have that. So we'll, so. Starting with twenty, starting with twenty fifteen. Um, the one thing we should throw in just for the hell of it, which is ironic because it's a Newsarama article. The idea related to Batman versus Superman, the question of whether Jenna Malone, who is apparently in 
Batman versus Superman, whether she's actually going to be playing uh, Carrie Kelly, the female Robin from The Dark Knight Returns, because that is a rumor going around. It may not be like true. It. Yes, she does, and she actually was in uh, Sucker Punch. She, I believe, was Rocket. I think in Sucker Punch. So that was, she, had, so her being cast isn't a surprise because because he, she has experience with Snyder before. So that is currently the rumor going around, whether it's true or not. She is in the movie. Who she plays is what the rumor is. So that's one of the that's something. The last thing I wanted to throw in before we sl- move on. To. So 2015, we have Avengers: Age of Ultron, which we all know know about, and we're kind of looking forward to. Uh, Ant-Man comes out in July of that year, July 17th. That probably will be the next serious question of Marvel's magic, not because of the cast and not, not even necessarily because of the concept. It's just the fact that that has, that has a lot of issues hovering about it. As I kind of touched upon before, we've had change of directors. The script's been rewritten a few times, being rewritten again, that, you know, it just it has it just sounds and reeks of a train wreck. It doesn't mean that it's going to be. It still could be an entertaining movie. And we know because if there is an Avengers bump, Ant-Man will get it. So on that level, it's again, it's going to make money. The question is whether it's going to be critically successful. Uh, in 2015, we also have Fantastic Four from Fox on August 7th. You want to say anything about that, Chad? Um... Anything positive? No. Because <laughs> neither do I. I'm probably going to see it anyways, just because it is. Look, I'm probably going to see it in the theaters, just because it's such a departure from everything. I mean, not because it's not part of Marvel Studios, but because of casting, of direction, of everything I've heard about it. It just seems like such a departure that. I, it's got it's 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 like it's like train wreck bad. You know what I mean? It's like right. it's like you, it's a train wreck. It's horrendous, but you you gotta watch it. You gotta you, you can't look away. I think it's I think it's gonna be like that for me. For all we know, Fantastic Four could be fantastic. But I'm bummed. yeah, but I really doubt it. But you know, I'm gonna see it anyway when it comes out on DVD at the very least. So I might as well see it in the theater while I can, because I you know. I know a couple people around here that could get me in for half price or something like that. <laughs> At the very least, Fantastic Four is if it has lowered the bar so far, so far down towards based on expectations. Yeah. That even if it's moderately, even if it's okay, people are going to come out saying, "Hey, it's a little better than we thought," yeah. because most people expect it to be absolute crap. And it, you're right; it could be a good movie. It could turn out to be entertaining. The thing that has not helped them at all is, you know, there comes a point, whether it's in related to movies, related to politics, there comes a point when if it, everything, every time you open your mouth, if you keep digging your, the hole a little deeper, you just need to shut up. Mm-hmm. And about and Fantastic Four is one of these projects where almost when every any actor comes out and talks about the movie, and also it's because I think, to be fair, defending them to a certain extent, I think because the cynicism about this movie is so strong that people will nitpick a lot. And try to dig for maybe a negative item in what they're saying, or try to spin it negatively, no, no matter what. But it just seems like no matter what kind of whatever interview comes out about this movie, there's something that comes out that just doesn't sound right, and just kind of like you know 
raises the anxiety level of the people that are hoping to see, you know, a more traditional Fantastic Four movie. So you combine that with the casting, the fact that nobody really looks like the parts at all. Everybody, for the most part, they seem too young. I don't know. I still keep hoping for a good Doctor Doom, and at least I'll give the benefit of the doubt because Julian McMahon was a horrible Doctor Doom. He just had, his voice was horrible, his mannerisms were horrible. He was that was a horrible casting. Other than the fact that you know they, they physically Jessica Alba really didn't look like Sue Storm either. That that other than Jessica Alba, probably uh, Julian McMahon as Doctor Doom was the worst part of the original two Fantastic Four movies. That cast. Well, I'm going to see the the new one just so I can see Ragman in live action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, the set photos of for those of you who don't know the set photos of what Doctor Doom looks like have kind of been released. He looks like Ragman. <laughs> Hopefully the CGI will make him look a little better. <laughs> but no offense to Ragman. All right, so then we get to 2016, and right now Deadpool, which is another – over the last few months, Deadpool has risen from the dead. No pun intended. Uh, from something that was has kind of always been a Fox and Ryan Reynolds kind of vanity project that we probably never thought was ever going to see the light of day, but from the, from the leak test footage that was that actually most people seem to like that seemed to be enough to get that movie finally greenlit so 2016 we're supposed to get deadpool march 25th to again uh wb moved batman versus superman to avoid the captain america conflict the dawn of justice is scheduled for march 25th 2016 now May 6, 2016 is Captain America 3, which brings us to the more the more one of the, the biggest Marvel news of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. Because seemingly in the last few weeks out of the blue, you know, all the all the talk was, oh, Robert Robert Downey Jr. who essentially was up to this point had was only signed for two more Marvel movies, which we knew one was Age of Ultron and the assumed Avengers 3, the follow-up to that. That there were that the, out of nowhere, seemingly at least as far as we were concerned, the public that started being posted and announced, reported that Robert Downey Jr. was in negotiations to basically co-star or play a major role in Captain America Three. That's still not official. I don't think it's officially done yet. I don't I mean it's probably enough where I don't think they would have announced it if they thought it was going to fall through. But the main, but the reason why that's relevant is because this is supposed. His presence in Captain America 3 is supposed to be the beginning of Civil War brought to the Marvel Universe, the Marvel movie cinematic universe, which is quite interesting. What do you think about that, Chad? Uh, the only- There's another thing that relates to it, but let's, let's deal with the Robert Downey Jr. part of it first. The, the only thing that bothers me about Civil War is something that I've already seen posted about a billion times online already. Is nobody's got a secret identity, really? <laughs> that is that is true too. Up to this point, you were correct that every almost everybody we've seen in the movies is pretty well known. Yeah, you know, even I mean, you even had what at the end of Cap Two, you even had Natasha testifying in front of Congress. You know, so there's not a whole lot of. And the other problem that I have with it is though they can still make it work because they've made a lot of, they've made a lot of things work in the Marvel universe by kind of shifting and writing things like i'm sure the ultron not being created by henry pym is going to work even though that's not traditional i'm sure it's going to be believable and we're going to buy it as moviegoers because of the way it's presented to us 
But the biggest issue I have with the concept of Civil War is like the huge or the the main the reason why Civil War was a really powerful story to a, was really because of the relationship between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, and the fact that they ended up they were had such a track record of being despite the fact that obviously they kind of looked at things differently in general they were not they certainly didn't were not you know two birds of the same feather when it came to worldview but they were really good friends and that friendship had been established for years and years and years so when something came up that was so important to both of them that they they went on opposite sides and basically everybody fell in line behind one or the other that was super important super relevant in this in the cinematic universe Tony Stark and and Steve Rogers really have had very little established relationship at this point. I guess there was a hint at the end of the first Avengers movie that they were that they you know that a friendship could be forming. You were kind of hoping I was kind of hoping anyway that the second movie would really build that up. You kind of suspect that's not going to happen now if you know basically one of the the first major follow-ups to us uh, of Age of Ultron is going to be Cap 3 and that's going to be the beginning of Civil War. At least laying the groundwork for Civil War. That it's not it's not going to have the same emotional weight. Yes, it can work because you because as moviegoers we like both Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, but it's not going to have the same emotional weight because their relationship isn't the same. So that's one concern. That's kind of the concern that I have. And tying into Civil War, which is another thing that's it's not. It doesn't really stand out on the release schedule, so this is a good time to bring it in because this kind of fits with the concept of doing Civil War. That again, over the last last month or so, there's been a lot of reporting and speculating that Sony is actually negotiating with Marvel, so Marvel could potentially use Spider-Man in their movies. Include, and that would also started feed at the time that started feeding the rumor that Civil War was something they were going to do since Spider-Man was such a huge component of the way Civil War played out, announcing his secret identity, who he was, coming out basically as a hero. So that's kind of a big, and it also speaks probably to the current status of the of the Spider-Man franchise and Sony that they really, despite the fact that as we finish going through the schedule, there's a lot of movies that are supposed to come out related to the Spider-Man universe and Sony, but there's a lot of things that are up in the air because Amazing Spider-Man 2 did not really do that well, either financially or critically. So they kind of, the rumors are certainly it's causing Sony to reevaluate the direction of their franchise. Yeah. Venom's dead. Apparently. Yes. Sucks. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand why. I mean, I'm, I know we're getting off track. We don't have to. You're not really off track. I, I mean, guess, actually, 2017 is when it gets mentioned on the release list anyway about Venom and Carnage and all these things. Venom. Venom was going to be a standalone movie anyways. Why? Why did it have to get canceled? Is because of Amazing Spider-Man 2's bullshit. I just. Ugh. Yeah, especially because he hasn't been established yet. Spider-Man Three was awful. In, I mean, I know it was a bad movie in general, but seriously, guys, as a Venom fan, that is one of the most disheartening movies to me. As a comic book fan, period, and as a Venom fan, that was such a disservice to a character in a movie that I've... I mean, it, it was almost like, I don't know, if you're a huge Daredevil fan, how you felt about the Daredevil movie. That's how I felt about Venom appearing in Spider-Man 3. 
that was a I think, serious I think, letdown. I think Ven, to be fair, I think Venom was a bigger kick in the groom to Venom fans than I think Daredevil was. Yeah, but but I just. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. It was if I had to pick a movie that was really disheartening to me as a fan, it's Amazing Spider-Man three purely because of Venom. So I was really looking forward to a Venom solo movie. I wanted to see it done right. Ugh, but whatever. So back on track. It's it, it's, it's seemingly dead. We, you know, you don't you don't really know. I mean, it, things could change, and maybe if Sony maybe if Sony does license or let Marvel use the character again, and, and maybe it'll you know it could resurrect some of these projects that are like hovering or hanging on by a thread. So yes, so Captain America is May sixth, twenty sixteen. X Men Apocalypse. May 27th. That's going to be good. Yes. I re- Speaking of, I actually finally got a chance to watch uh, Days of Future Past in its entirety last night for the first time since I saw it in the movies. You know, I've had the Blu-ray since Tuesday, but I never got a chance. I started it like twice and I never got a chance to finish it or get beyond the beginning, in all honesty. Watched it last night. I really appreciate how good a, how good an X-Men movie that was. Probably the best best. Hugh Jackman performance as Wolverine, and it does make you interested in what's going to happen next. So I think I'm I am very looking forward to that one greatly. July eighth is an as an untitled Marvel movie, which is supposed to be the room again. It is believed to be the Doctor Strange release, even though as, as we speak, whether it's Ewan McGregor or everybody else under the sun, they still have can't get their Doctor Strange down pat yet. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of glad personally that uh. Joaquin Phoenix is out of the running. I don't really see him as Doctor Strange. That's my personal, that's my personal opinion. I'm kind of glad he's not in the running. There's a lot of other names they're throwing out that could be good. I could see you and McGregor doing it if you, but I could see some of the other people on the list too. August 5th, Suicide Squad, as we mentioned, that's uh, I don't know. November 11th, Sinister Six. I'll still be stunned if that movie ever comes out. At least now, now at least based on. I'll be stunned if it meets that date. Let's put it that way. 2017, March 3rd, Wolverine sequel. Depending which storyline they do, that could be good. May 5th, another untitled Marvel film. June 23rd, supposed to be Wonder Woman. Hey. July. (laughs) Hold on a sec. I'm sorry. When you say untitled Marvel film, do you mean Marvel Studios or do you mean Marvel character? Like Sony. You know what I mean? No, it should should be a Marvel Studios film. Okay, continue. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good question. That's a good question. I'm, no, I should have made that clear. Good, good point. So we said June 23rd with Wonder Woman, July 14th, Fantastic Four two. Let's see if that ever gets made. <laughs> uh, July 28th, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Woo. November 3rd, Untitled Marvel film. November 17th, Justice League part one. We have in 2017 again related to the projects we just talked about. There's an unspecified date for a Sony female spinoff. An untitled Sony female Spider-Man spinoff, which was probably would have been Black Hat or something, but uh, uh, that will ever see that. It's Spider-Woman. Maybe. No, it's like, uh, uh, okay, um, I'll, you keep talking, I will look for my thing. Oh, you saw something that said that Sony was going to do Spider-Woman? I have, I, I, I don't want to say anything. Do they, they have the rights to Spider-Woman? Uh, I don't, I don't want to say anything because I have a sort I know this, this sounds crazy. Uh, but I literally actually do have a source who works in Hollywood, uh, and he sends me links to 
a reputable website that's only supposed to be able to be logged on by certain people, but he gives me his log on because he works in Hollywood, and I see casting calls and stuff like that. So uh, while I look for this information about which what, what movie that will be, uh, because there are three different characters that that could be. Um, okay. But yeah, let me look that up. Uh, you do your thing. <laughs> okay. Unspecified tentative date was for Sony Venom Venom colon Carnage Spider-Man spinoff, rumored to be dead, as we mentioned. 2018, March 23rd, The Flash. May 4th, July 6th are two more untitled Marvel films. July 13th was an untitled Fox mystery Marvel film. Um, Whatever. Probably, probably Gambit. That is a possibility, especially since he will, since Channing Tatum was supposed to what in an apocalypse. That's supposed to be his first appearance. Yep. Uh, July twenty seventh, Aquaman. November second, an untitled Marvel film, and again, still floating around with an unspecified date is Amazing Spider Man three for twenty eighteen. Though there's a lot of rumors that's either going to be pushed back or shelved. Uh, twenty nineteen, April fifth is Shazam. May third is an untitled Marvel film. June 14th is Justice League Part 2. And 2020, we have Cyborg for April 3rd. And June 19th, knocking on the door of the original's release date, which I think was the 17th. June 19th is supposed to be our Green Lantern's resurrection <laughs> on film. And that's all I have. Um, very, very nervous about Channing Tatum as Gambit. For those of you who don't know, Gambit is another one of my favorite Marvel characters. Uh, it goes Thor, Gambit, Venom, uh, Firestar, and a couple others that, you know, I'm fans of, but not as big as those ones. Um, I'm pulling up the information now about what I was talking about. Okay. So, and I, I did type this on the, the comic forums when I, when I first, uh, got the information from my friend. Um, the rumor is that Sony is developing a female-led superhero movie to be released in 2017. Rumored characters are Black Cat, Silver Sable, Spider-Woman, or Firestarter. And I put in parentheses, which I think means Firestar, unless Firestarter is a character I've never heard of. And close parentheses, or a character called Stunner. So, um, th- this is this is not a rumor as far as like speculation. This is casting call-ish for a Sony-led, female-led superhero movie, and these are the characters that are listed in that official document. So Black Cat, Silver Sable, Spider-Woman, it's most likely Spider-Woman that I've heard, um, or uh, Stunner. The question, I mean, again, assuming they own the complete rights to Spider-Woman, because I I know I've read some stuff online about that, about how it might be debatable whether who entirely owns, you know, Spider Woman? Whether that's that absolutely comes with the Spider Man rights or whether it doesn't. But I would say let's assuming that it does come with that. It would have to, you would think logically. I mean, unless you're just literally throwing stuff against the wall and hope that it sticks, you would think it would have to be either Spider Woman or Black Cat. Because other than that, you just you're grasping at straws. Unless, especially if it's, yeah. See, Firestar would be Firestar would be interesting because you would think that would go with the X Men, right? Firestar would be cool. Um, it, although I will say in the official document it was spelled Firestarter, right? 
because you would think Firestar, you would think Fox would probably have the rights to her, right? Because she's a mute, right? So, um, so there's that, uh, and of course Stunner, which I've never heard of. Um, I think Silver Sable could be cool. Uh, yeah, that's that is that's probably what I'd say. Yeah, that'd be number three if I was ranking them as Seward. But the, the reason the reason why I pushed for Black Cat and, and certainly those if, if you know if you're looking at a Hollywood link that would have a lot more weight to it that at least Black Cat they kind of already established the character who would become who would be Black Cat in Amazing Spider-Man too yeah because she was there see I think I think it would if Firestarter by Firestarter they mean Firestar that would be obviously my number one since I just listed off to you guys one she's one of my favorite Marvel characters period. I actually started buying uh, Amazing X Men because she was in uh, she was one part of the team, um, and that was the sole reason I picked up the book. Well, it wasn't because Nightcrawler was coming back. Um, I would obviously champion that one more than others. For those of you who are curious about why she would be a uh, Spider Man related female led uh, <laughs> Marvel character, even though she's an, a mutant, is because there was Spider Man and his it was his, his Amazing Friends, right? Yep, she was a big part of that. Uh, her and along with Iceman, yeah, her and Iceman. So she has a history, uh, you know, co-starring alongside of Spider-Man, at least as far as cartoons are concerned. So there's that, um, which would be awesome. But I think I think it's a, more likely, based on my source, that it's a Spider-Woman movie. Again, this is all speculation based on what happens with the Sony rights to Spider-Man. You know, whether or not they keep the rights but they work in tandem to tie it into the marvel universe or if they give them rights back to marvel or whatever so it depends there's a lot of speculation about you know there's a lot that can change between now and 2017 <laughs> so yeah there's no doubt about that uh, channing tatum worries me as gambit but uh <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see um how that happens in age of apocalypse um the rest of it, uh, Civil War, I mean, that was cool. That was one of the first comics I read as far as modern day because I think the first comics I read besides the single issues that I've mentioned you know, a billion times in the past about Miss Marvel number one and uh, Nexus, uh, uh, Magnus the Robot Fighter number two, the crossover, and, you know, uh, uh, Modred the Mystic. Uh, but as far as, a, you know, what got me into comics modern day, forgetting the, two, the single issues I read as a kid, was uh, volume two of the showcase of Green Lantern. I think after that, I picked up a couple of random full color trades from like a Borders, and one of them was Marvel Civil War. Uh, I didn't get any of the tie-ins, just a single volume of Civil War, which I don't even think I know how that ended, because that particular trade, I think, ended with Steve Rogers in jail. I don't know if that's how the whole event ended, and then they just went on from there. Or if there was more to Civil War, like there's multiple volumes of that that I just never got. But that's all I know about Civil War is that. Um, but I think I, you know, Civil War being one of the first you know, modern comics that I read as far as storylines is concerned. I'm not as concerned about it as other people, but then again, I don't have as huge of a history as far as chronological storytelling. Uh, experience with Marvel. I don't know what I would prefer in that place. So, I do want to see Red Skull come back. 
Because I'm sure that's gonna I'm I'm sure that's gonna happen. It's just a matter because of, he's still alive. A, <laughs> he's yeah. He just he just got kind of he's kind of just got warped yeah. warped out by the by the cosmic cube there. But yeah, everybody thinks he died. They're like, well, he died because of the cosmic cube disintegrated. No, it moved him. It clearly sh- he basically disappeared the same way the rainbow bridge <laughs> transports other people. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, I'm just uh. Not a whole lot on that list. I, I think Ant. I think I have. I think I have more faith in Ant Man than you do. I, to be fair, it's not that I really don't have. It's not that I necessarily don't have faith in the that it's going to be an entertaining movie. It's just that I'm trying. I'm honestly trying to look at it kind of objectively and looking at it from the point of view that I think as when we discussed. I think we discussed um, about Guardians of the Galaxy. That the idea that if you look at the riskiest movies Marvel's made up to this point, that the first, the biggest one I think is still Iron Man one because if Iron Man one failed, everything was that's that's kind of like the the first b- brick in which everything else was kind of built up on, you know, upon it. So if that movie had bombed or had not been a real a huge success, that the Marvel universe as we know it probably would never have been created. So I think that was the biggest risk. Guardians of the Galaxy when they first announced it was a huge risk because it was a really it's a niche. Uh, project. It's a. It's got a. Real, the characters ever. They have an appeal, but they're not super super popular. They're not super super known. It was basically. It was a really interesting choice, and up until probably the beginning of this year, it still would have seemed like it was a gamble. But based on the fact that the that the the word of mouth and the vibe off that movie was so good, and and then it was tracking, and it also did not hurt them at all that so many movie, movies underachieved this year, especially over the summer in the box office, that it kind of opened the door for something to be a really, really big hit that, that they thought might be a hit but didn't think was going to be at the top of the box office to kind of break through. Everything kind of fell into place for them well, and you know the pre-sales were so, were so good that you know before that movie was released, we knew it wasn't it really wasn't a risk at all, which is why they announced the sequel. Now, just looking objectively, that the biggest thing they have announced so far that's a risk that's coming up will be Ant-Man, and that's only because you can make a case about the character and his powers to begin with, make, you know, kind of like the whole Aquaman kind of thing that people kind of like, you know, make fun of, not necessarily understanding the power set, but they kind of make fun of it to a certain extent. But it's also the fact that, again, like I said, there's a lot of there's been a lot of trouble with this project. First, getting it to be officially announced, you know, then having Edgar Wright and all the problems I had with him and him, him leaving and everything, and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. I mean, the thing that has going for it is the fact that it is a Marvel movie. It follows the Avengers, and the fact that it has Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas at the top of the cast, yeah. and that's and that and that's important. That's very important. Yeah. So I think it'll do well. I think it'll be a hit. I'm just. My only, I guess, from a, when I I should you know, qualify my opinion or my statement that it's a that it's you know a risk is the fact that whether it's going to be a critical success, I think is where the risk is. It's going to be, it's going to do, it's going to do well enough box office wise where it's not going to be a problem. Nor is it even if it weren't a problem, you know, it's not going to or it became a problem. It wasn't going to torpedo Marvel's plans or anything. Yeah. So. All right, what else? I kind of think that's on our main focal point for the episode. I think 
that's it. All right. Well, guys, we are going to go into spoilers about at least The Flash. You haven't seen Arrow. You don't care about Arrow, right? I have no. I certainly... I've only, like I've said before, I've only seen the few episodes when Elizabeth watches it, but I have not had any desire to start watching the entire, the entire series yet. Okay, I will just say it's awesome. Uh, uh, Agents of Shield. Nope. Okay, then that's better. I hear. Better though I hear it's much better. Yes. Though I hear it's certainly been much better since, since uh, the whole Hydra Shield thing blew up in Captain America Two. I've heard it's been a lot better. Okay, so then guys, spoilers for the Flash. You've only seen the pilot, right? Not the yes, second I've not watched episode two yet. Okay, so spoilers for the Flash pilot if you don't want to hear it. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. I actually did. I I liked it more than I thought I was going to because even though I kind of have some kind of sentimental attachment to Barry Allen as a concept more than a character because I never when I'm what most of my Flash interaction has been with Wally West. I mean, I really didn't read DC much. Uh, on a regular basis before the late eighties, early nineties anyway. So I knew Barry Allen. I knew he was the flash, but I didn't, but there was no real emotional investment in him when, you know, the, in the change to Wally West. And I'm glad they brought Barry back in the books. I like Barry, but what you kind of seeing all everything come, you know, seeing his origin, you know, related, you know, to his, his father being accused of killing his mother. Like I mentioned before, the fact that they, they cast John Wesley Ship as his father, as you know, which is a nice tie-in since John Wesley Ship played Barry Allen in the original TV show. I liked it. I liked. I really enjoyed the. I really enjoyed it. It, it made me want. Let's put it this way. It, it made me want to watch the second episode. And and if I and I certainly was not committed to watching the second episode before I ever sat down to watch the pilot. So. And, and you did you reread or have you read my review when I first watched it? I have not got a chance to reread it yet because I only watched I only watched the Flash probably I think it was during the week I, I watched it on on demand I watched it um, so I didn't really I've been kind of playing catch up that's why I just not, I knew the second episode had come out but I, today was the first day I noticed on demand that I was really available so I was I almost did watch it before we recorded today, but I didn't get a chance. But I'm going to... I will definitely, before I watch the second episode, I'm going to go back and reread your review from start to finish. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but one of the things I'll say right off the bat is I loved the origin sequence. Uh, again, as far as him getting powers. Um, the lightning and everything. that I, Even though we saw it in Arrow... Um, basically as it played out, I just think that seeing it again, I could appreciate it more. The music that went along with it, um, the way everything kind of slowly happened rather than, you know, just right out of the, you know, like a, a bolt from the blue, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> uh, I just think that it, 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 it felt epic to me as far as his, him getting his powers, you know, he, he sees the explosion at Star Labs. He sees the 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 shockwave kind of uh, EMP shut everything down. Uh, he goes to it's raining. He goes to grab the chain of the window or whatever, and you can see him tense, like he knows something's about to happen. He can feel whether his hair is standing on end or what. And he looks around, and the 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 chemicals in in the lab are starting to float up. And the music, cause like, it, it's almost, uh, that choir kind of sound. And, and then, uh, he looks up and then the lightning crashes down and throws him back. And the, the music is still playing even when he's unconscious. 
the music is still playing and you can kind of you, you see the him dripping with water and chemicals and the <laughs> the lightning is kind of coursing through him a little bit it's just it was so cool <laughs> the, it, uh, that was that was nearly perfectly done as far as an origin goes uh, in in the way the powers are given to him that was that was so freaking cool I really enjoyed that um, another thing I really really enjoyed is uh, is the uh, the board um, for those of you who are big fans of the show uh, or watched it in its entirety or maybe half of it or something like that you guys remember fringe you remember fringe mark I remember the show. I didn't watch it, but I remember the sh- I remember the show. Okay, there was a lot of fringe science being explained. You know, parallel worlds and uh, animating the dead. You know, all that kind of borderline science fiction, borderline cap- capable in in real life kind of science being explained. Well, to explain the higher concepts, Walter, one of the main characters, would always grab a blackboard. And start scribbling on the board. Like what he, you know, kind of trying to dumb the science down so that the person in the episode can understand what was happening. Um, and I think that the board in this show, uh, the, the clear dry erase board, is going to be much the same thing as it was in Fringe. Because there's a moment in the Flash pilot where Barry is explaining what the particle accelerator at Star Labs is capable of doing to the realm of science and 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 uh iris says you know you're doing that thing where you 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 talk and i can't understand you or something like that um so he said he pulls the board up and he puts this little dot on the on the on the blackboard or the dry erase board and says imagine this is everything the that we've learned up until this point in the human evolution scientists physics everything we know in this point is this dot and then draws this giant circle around it and says, this is everything we could learn from the particle accelerator. Well, Barry is a smart guy. He's a, he's a forensic scientist, and he's now the fastest man alive, and he's working with Star Labs. I think that this, this dry erase board concept from, like, Fringe could very well come into the Flash, which was a concept I really liked from Fringe, to help dumb down some of the science stuff that's going to be showing up in this show. Because there's going to be a lot of science stuff. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, I liked the introduction of metahumans, uh, that concept. And I like the fact that it's not necessarily the particle accelerator exploding that gives everybody their origin. It's the particle... The particle accelerator is the catalyst. Uh, so there's a moment in the, the the pilot where they're talking about the particle accelerator explode, exploding, and for a moment, antimatter and dark matter and all of this stuff became a possibility and popped up in a bunch of different places. It's possible that someone could have gained their power from antimatter or something like that, but antimatter wasn't you know, in the area until after the particle accelerator. So it, was, it, so it wasn't necessarily the particle accelerator that gave people their powers. So people can still get their powers from another source other than the, uh, other than the, the particle accelerator exploding. So that's kind of cool. Um, a lot of people didn't like the scene, but I really like the scene between, uh, uh, between uh, Barry and Oliver. Uh, I like 
again, I don't know. I don't have. I don't have the context that a lot of people do. Because I do kind of remember Barry when he was on one, an episode of of uh, Arrow. Uh, I think I did watch at least you caught a few few of those scenes, and you kind of knew what was happening because you knew the Flash show was going to be made at that point, or was rumored to be on you know coming down the pike. I kind of, but so I don't have the same reference point as other people do. Uh, but I, I liked it. I thought I kind of liked. I thought it worked. Yeah, I just, I just, particularly the part where they're departing, and, and uh, you know, Arrow goes, you know, flying, flying away with his, uh, with his trick arrow and swings to the next building or whatever. And Barry's like, cool. <laughs> and, and then Barry runs off, and and, and Oliver's like, cool. <laughs> yep. uh, that that a lot of people thought that was cheesy. I thought it was awesome. It wasn't as like a serious. You know, team up. It was like it was almost like these characters are as excited as us that this universe is being built. <laughs> you know, they they said what we wanted to say. We were sitting there at our, on our couches going, "This is awesome!" And they they, they the characters themselves went, "Cool." <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one of my favorite things in the show is Barry unraveling the tornado. That that yeah, that was cool. That is classic. Flash move like there's a tornado run in the opposite direction. <laughs> that, that there is that's been happening since the Silver Age, uh, probably the Golden Age with Jay Garrick. Although I've never read a Jay Garrick comic, so I'm I can't be certain if that was a a trope that had happened before Barry was introduced in the 60s. Um, but the, the, it's been around at least since the Silver Age, and I think it's so and it used many many times. So I think it's awesome to see it in live action, and it's 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 awesome. Um, and I'm not not really sold on the interaction between Barry and his father. I don't think we need to see him visit his father and talk to his father every single freaking episode. I think that could weigh us down a little bit. But you know, so I assume he's in the second episode then. Yes. Okay. Um, and there's also uh, the, the very last thing to say is the end credits scene. What did you think of that? I, well, the, the thing that I remember, the thing that I mean, I kind of knew from, because I think you mentioned it about the, the crisis thing, the fact that you see the, you know, the, the paper in the future announcing like Flash disappears in crisis. Mm. And that's, that part, that's the part that stood out for me the most. Um, but I do, but again, I'm not as up, I'm not as, in, my knowledge base about, you know, about Flash history is not as strong in general. But that part obviously is what stood out to me the most. Yeah, for those of you who don't know Harrison Wells, and remember, I told you at the beginning of this part we were going to be spoilers. Harrison Wells, who was crippled in the explosion, supposedly, at the very end of the episode, puts his hand against the wall. It kind of futuristically peels back. He goes into the secret room. The door closes. He stands up from his chair, walks across the room, and there's a projection of a newspaper from the year 2025, I think, and it says something about Flash vanishes in crisis and one of these uh one of the the headlines is red skies vanish and this is is this whole thing and i lost my mind when i first saw that i mean i know they're probably not going to do crisis they're probably not even going to flash forward into scenes from crisis um but i just thought it was so awesome (laughs) to see that uh there i think there was a mention about wayne enterprises or or batman or something in there um, but it, I was losing it when I first saw that. <laughs> uh, and I think that Harrison Wells is Metron. 
lot of people don't think that. Uh, a lot of people think he's uh, Professor Zoom and or Reverse Flash. Yes, there is a difference. Um, yeah, that's kind of the vibe that I was getting, no pun intended. I thought, again, that's that's kind of what I was alluding to without uh, going into specifics about not not no, not knowing my Flash history enough to remember which one's which. That uh, That is kind of what I thought, that he is... Uh, that he could be one of the two. I think that's too obvious. I think that I think that I think that the people who write the show, and they are, they used to be comic book writers and still, in some cases, are. I think the the amount of comic book uh, knowledge that is involved in writing this show and creating this show, I think that they know that we all think it's Reverse Flash or Professor Zoom. I think they're gonna throw us a curveball. I don't know what the curveball is going to be, so I'm going with Metron. If you watch the pilot again, when he stands up from his chair, he doesn't just stand up, pause, and then walk forward to the, the display of the futuristic paper. He stands up, stands there, looks back at his chair, then goes back. I think there's something there with the chair, not the fact that he's crippled. But the fact that there's something there with the chair, maybe he's got a connection to a chair, I have no idea. Uh, I think that his tie in the technology uh, and how smart he is could have something to do with Metron. Because remember, Metron is part of the New Gods. They have super advanced technology, that whole thing. Um, and also, Metron can travel in time and space. And I think that, the obviously, that piece of information being from the year 2025. I don't know. There's a bunch of things in there. Plus, we've kind of seen images from uh, from them filming. Like, have you seen the, the images online of Reverse Flash in costume? Yes, yes, yes. That does not look like the actor who plays Ta- Harrison Wells. Now, I get that he's in a mask and a full body suit, but the part of the face that you can see, that does not look like Harrison Wells to me. So, again, of course, there's, there, there is Professor Zoom and Reverse Flash. There's two different, quote-unquote, Reverse Flashes. Hunter Zolomon and Eobod Thawne. So, I, I don't know which one. Maybe they're going to do both. I, I have no idea. But I think that with the amount of comic knowledge, I could be completely off-base about Metron. But so long as it's not Reverse Flash, I'm calling it a win for me. Because I think that they know that we know... Too much about comics that we're all assuming it's Reverse Flash or or Professor Zoom. I think they're going to throw us a curveball because they know we know or think we know. You know that I know that you know. (laughs) Uh, Man, we've been recording longer than I thought. (laughs) Okay. Even though don't forget the the length, the time of the phone call is deceiving because of the the pregame. Yeah, so... (laughs) The pregame. You guys will understand later. Uh, <laughs> Can't let you behind the curtain all the time. Yeah. Um, okay, so feedback. Uh, I think we'll skip Facebook and Twitter for now. You want to do the email and the two voicemails? Uh, well, voicemail being uh, Jim's pre-recorded thing. Yeah, let's go back to which vo- where, where were we up to in voicemails? Well, I've already archived everything we've already covered. Okay. So whatever's in the main inbox. That's what I'm looking for because I'm trying to see if there's – we have all your stuff about the quiz book. And then we have Zeb sending you the pictures. 
Okay, for so the Zeb thing, just so you guys know, uh, the, was it one ninety nine? I requested some PNG files. Uh, I think so. Zeb uh, reached out and provided those those high quality cropped PNG files. Uh, they won't be used for a little while, folks. But I am kind of building a library of green high uh, high resolution Green Lantern related PNG files so that we can be creating stuff in the future if we want to. Um, in addition to providing the uh, the PNG files that I requested, Zeb also said this in an email. I've been listening to the show for about two years, and while at first I missed Dan and Jim, I've grown fond of you two. You each have unique qualities that you brought to the podcast, which I enjoy. Keep up the awesome work, guys. From Zeb. That was nice. That was pretty cool. And thank you so much for... for <laughs> for, for, for the shout out, that's that's awesome. We do have emails. We're gonna skip Twitter, Facebook for now. There is a lot of feedback on uh, episode 200 on both, uh, but the reason we're skipping it is because we've got uh, the two voicemails, one of which is longer than the other, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> and um, also in addition to the closing, we have to talk about our contest uh, again to remind everybody. So. We got a voicemail from Jim, and we'll play that right now. Hi, guys. This is Jim Ford. Uh, I've been listening to you guys since you started. Uh, I think you're doing a really great job. I I never listened to the old guys, the old team, uh, mostly because I was there, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So I listened to the Emerald Twilight episode uh, about a week ago, and I've been wanting to, you know, get my thoughts down. Because, well, I think you guys did a really great job covering it, and... Like, really, you, you reminded me of, of the whole experience, and uh, this is really awesome. But the thing that you guys, I think, lacked was the perspective of somebody who was, like, reading it as it came out. Now, like, for me personally, like, before Emerald Twilight, I mostly was buying stories. Um, to explain, like, I would not follow like an entire book i would just buy like a story that i wanted you know an issue here an issue there an arc here you know that kind of thing you know maybe a mini series but i wasn't really you know like a a full series collector when uh when they did this the death of superman like i i collected like everything and you know i was basically reading it for the story because like superman died it was epic and then you had funeral for a friend and then you had like the four Supermen come back, and then eventually you knew that it was gonna you know return. So I was reading for that. When they finally did the return of Superman, and there was the crossover issue with issue forty six of Green Lantern, obviously I had to go get that so that I could complete the story. And I really liked what I saw in forty six. You know, it was probably my first like current. Um, you know, reading of Green Lantern, uh, probably read a couple of issues here and there on the back issues, but that was like the first current issue that I ever read. And then I got this thing in the mail from, I guess, Entertainment Earth, because uh, I had ordered the the, uh, the whole Death of Superman, you know, through them, and they were advertising how Green Lantern was going to be going through a big change. So I'm like, yeah, sure, I'm on board, you know, give me 48, 49, and 50. And, you know, they came, you know, pretty, pretty shortly after that. And, uh, I was reading that and like, it was amazing. Like, it was really amazing to me that, that they would do that with the character. And 
Now, now Chad kept saying, it's like, no, you know, Hal, don't do this, don't do this. You know, that's clearly from a perspective of somebody who knows the current Hal, you know, and, you know, doesn't want to see him go down this road. Now, for me, I had like very minimal exposure to, to Hal Jordan. You know, maybe it was like, a, you know, from the Super Friends, from a couple of scattered issues here, you know, there, uh, maybe a Justice League issue, whatever. Very, you know, very minimal. But I always thought that he had a really great, you know, great thing with the ring, you know, like they could do so much more with him that they never saw on. And now all of a sudden, like this huge traumatic experience happens to him with Coast City being destroyed. And it was, you know, it was amazing, like to see his transformation to go, you know, it's like, you know what, here's a man who is, you know, he's desperate. And all he wants is his friends and family back, you know, and everybody killed in Coast City then, you know, he does, he goes nuts. And all he wants to do is, you know, bring everybody back. And I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I never really thought that he could because it's emerald energy. It's not, it's not real. It's not bringing people back. But, you know, like your journey with him and like, I felt, you know, I felt bad for him. I felt compassion. And, you know, and I really like I did, I felt things when I was reading that, like it was, you know, emotionally charged, especially when he gets to Oa and, you know, he kills Sinestro and he kills Kilowog, you know, and even with my minimal, you know, exposure, like I knew who these characters were and I knew, you know, from the DC um, universe cards, like I had known, you know, all the relationships and all the, who these characters were and everything. And, you know, to see him do that, to see a man push that far, and then, you know, he, he jo jumps into the, the power battery and becomes Parallax. And it was just like, you know, here you have this character that I always thought that they could do so much more with. And all of a sudden they give him all the power, you know, in the power battery. And it's like, oh my God, what are they going to do with him? And then on the same, on the same note, they give the ring to the new guy, Kyle Rayner, who's an artist. And it was just like, it was groundbreaking for Green Lantern. Absolutely. It was, it was really so much fun. It was such a great story. Uh, you know, I, I always joke around with Chad about how much I love, uh, you know, the power of the, the Ion series, the, not the series, the storyline with, uh, written by Judd Winnick and, uh, drawn by, um, oh, the name escapes me at the moment, but he's the guy that's doing Sinestro right now. The Sinestro book, which is, if you recognize his art, that's, that's why it's, it's from the same guy. Um, you know, that's, that's a really great story, but, but the, you know, Emerald Twilight was so amazing that like after that, like I just, I fell in love with the book of Green Lantern, you know, that's what did it. That's what cemented it. And after that, like, like I was buying Green Lantern, I wasn't buying, you know, okay, let me see what, what happens this week in this story, or let me, let me follow, you know, this, this arc you know, to see what happens if they're going to bring, you know, Hal Jordan back. No, it wasn't like that. For the first time, like I had a character where it's like, you know what, this, this is the character that I'm going to follow because this book is just amazing. And, and it continued to be amazing for a really long time. And, uh, and I was, you know, for, for the most part, I was there week after week, you know, getting those, you know, getting whatever issue was going to come out. And, and really Emerald Twilight, that was, you know, for me, that was the thing that really, you know, made me like a true comic fan, I believe. So, uh, 
you know, I just wanted to, you know, to share that with you guys. Again, you guys did a really great job, you know, reviewing it. And uh, I think you're doing a great job with the podcast. So uh, that's going to be it for me. Uh, I'm Jim Ford. And catch you guys later. So what do you think of that? I I agree with a lot of what Jim said. Jim's thoughts. I mean, even though I didn't, I did not read Emerald Twilight in its entirety. Certainly, at the time that it, when it first came out, I did read Green Lantern forty six. So we did our our first exposure, if you will, in the modern day to Green Lantern was the same. His and mine. That I did get Green Lantern forty six since it was a tie in with the Reign of the Superman. And I think I mentioned on the Twi- Emerald Twilight Zone episode, Emerald Twilight episode, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that uh. When I was working at Walden Books, I remember putting out Green Lantern 50, so I kind of flipped through it. But I think he's correct that the, the that based on our perspective, we don't have the full weight of how it could have impacted not just someone like Jim, who was a relatively new reader to Green Lantern before Emerald Twilight, but somebody who – but the people who were diehard Green Lantern fans. And there were Green Lantern – diehard Green Lantern fans even then, certainly. People who – and the kind of impact that – what they did to Hal and the way they did it and the time frame that they did it. I think, yeah, that's the, those are the reasons why, plus it was a well told story that I think the reason why it it had such an impact and caused such a, causes such a stir. Yeah. Um, he didn't really offer any counterpoints. He just kind of offered his perspective. So I don't have much in the way of countering him, but I, I, all I really have to say on it is it's good to have that perspective. I mean, there's there's no way I could have read it as it was coming out because, of course, I I didn't start reading comics until uh, the uh, the uh, uh, regularly until the Final Crisis: Rage of the Red Lantern special came out. Uh, that was my start of reading Green Lantern continuously, issue by issue. Uh, was was right there. Um, so that that uh, that wasn't a real possibility for me. So it's good to see the other side. Um, and he kind of makes it sound like he's not as big of a fan as he as he protests uh, claims to be of uh, the Power of Ion series, like I am. He's a big fan of it. He just he I think he I think he's just talking about how uh, about how he uh, as far as his seminal Green Lantern favorite Green Lantern uh, story. Uh, the Power of Ion is still pretty up pretty far up there, and I'm pretty sure that if we cover it without him being involved somehow, he's going to throw a hissy fit. Uh, so there's that <laughs> uh, we also have one other voicemail before we go into our closing and uh, you know uh, stuff like that um, so that's going to be uh, unfortunately they didn't say their name no that's what I noticed uh, too. so I, I don't know who it's from guys remember say your name when you leave a voicemail so we know who, who who's sending us a voicemail um, so we can't give credit to the person but uh, we're going to Step aside real quick and listen to that, and uh, then we'll come back, comment on it, and then go into the closing. So, Hey, guys. wanted to let you know that I totally loved episode 200. I mean, it took me about a week to listen to all four hours, but there you go. But I just had a, a request of you guys. I was wondering if you guys were ever going to talk about lanterns in the other DC books other than the New 52. I don't know if you guys have been... Uh, reading or not, but over in Smallville, the lanterns played a big part in the previous storyline. We had yellow lanterns come down, and we met the Green Lantern, John Stewart, and all that kind of cool stuff, and they're actually doing a big crisis event in Smallville, and a blue lantern finally showed up. I think you guys get a kick out of that. 
then also in the Injustice uh, comic book, the Sinestro Corps plays a huge part with uh, Superman taking over the world. Spoilers. And I think, you know, Lantern listeners and readers will probably get a kick out of seeing Lanterns portrayed in different books. Um, until then, I'll see you guys on Oa. Oa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that that made me think that it might be Dwayne only because he was going back to Owa, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So that's the first uh, full bit of feedback we've had on 200. 200 is such a massive episode. I think people are still listening to it. That's that's why we haven't received a whole lot of feedback from it. I thought we'd have more feedback by now. I figure we would too, but yeah, it's it, we'll probably be getting feedback for that episode for like weeks and months to come <laughs> so there's that um but uh yeah the other lanterns uh the other lantern titles uh actually i listened to this voicemail a few days ago actually i think the day we got it uh and i went and uh pulled up all my uh, issues of smallville lantern uh that particular storyline because i hadn't read them all um so i finally read that whole storyline and that was pretty good um i think it was a little lackluster in some some ways but i think that's just mostly because <sighs> i don't want to sit because i sound it sounds like i'm dogging the creative team i'm not a hundred percent certain they put the same amount of creative effort into a digital comic like a digital first comic that they put into a regular main comic um I don't know if that's fair to say, because of course I know nothing about the actual creation of a comic book in terms of what goes into it, what might be different, but maybe it was just a storyline that didn't really grab me that much. It was interesting, it was cool to see it kind of be played with in the Smallville universe, although I'm not 100% certain that it being played with in the Smallville universe means as much to me as it would be if it was being played with in the small view, Smallville universe live action on TV. Like, I don't, in other words, I don't think the comic continuation of Smallville uh, and having all these characters show up means as much to me as if it would be on TV. <laughs> no, I understand. So, I think I think that's always there's always a to me at least my vibe or my feeling is kind of the what you're expressing when, whenever you see like whether it's Buffy or other shows that they've carried, tried to carry over to like the, like season number nine or whatever in comic book form, which, you know, was just, you know, it's not, it's not the yeah. same. And yeah. And so I, I would, I think maybe if it was a show, I had a strong invest, really a lot invested in, and maybe I would be something where I, w- I would go back and I'd, I could, you know, have the same kind of, inv- I would see it just literally as an extension. <laughs> but I, but since there's not much that I don't even read that much, so I mean, watch that much TV that I there be, I don't know if there's a show right now I could even you know make make the analogy yeah. with, but I, I that, that would be about the only way. But I think for the most part it doesn't. I think most people that are super that are fans of the show, I don't know if it, I don't think it has the same pull to see it continued in the comic. Yeah, I think. Uh, the only the only lantern thing that's showing up in uh, other than the lantern titles that I would re- that I'm really intrigued by is the injustice thing. Um, that's super intriguing. Additionally, uh, Earth Two. Um, but see, th- this is this is the problem, and we've mentioned this before on the show. Um, but I think that it would be easy to kind of go off 
for a little while and cover a couple of things that aren't the main Lantern books. The only problem is Green Lantern or Lanterns appear in so many other different comics that it's almost the same amount as the regular main Lantern titles. It's too much to cover. You've got Earth 2. You've got Justice League with the new power ring. Um, you've got wherever Simon Baz is doing whatever he, and wherever he's doing it uh, whenever he shows up. You also have the, the Supergirl stuff we still have to get to. You have the Smallville thing now that the Lantern concept has been introduced. You have Injustice. Did I mention Earth 2? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's so many other things where lanterns show up that it's it's you know five different series or something like that. The same that we have with the main lantern titles. So it's just it's it's hard to get to. Um, I know that now that we're all caught up, uh, for the most part, we can just go you know basically month to month uh, as far as uh, as you know one one current issue review episode per month uh, uh all the 35s and sinestro whatever sinestro number is that for that month uh and so on and so forth but i don't know it just even though we would probably only do one of those a month it just feels like a lot <laughs> you know what i mean so I and there's so many other things we want to get to need to get to and that it's just like do we want to make those episodes or do we want to start blogging about that kind of stuff do we even want to pay any attention to it? I mean, there. Even though Mark and I, we've been doing this for like nearly a year now. Um, I just think that we still have so many other things on our plate that we want to get to. That I don't know about you, but I kind of feel rushed. You know, like I want to get to the stuff. <laughs> I want to get to it sooner rather than later, uh, and then we'll get to the other stuff people are asking about. But I want to get to you know, what we really want to do. Like for instance. We've mentioned it in the episode already. Power of Ion. I want to do that super soon. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do it, if we're going to make it two episodes, or who we're going to have on, or what's going to happen with it, but I really love that <laughs> that series, and I want to do it. You want to do um, uh, the, the the crossover thing, uh, the prestige format. Um, oh, the Solar Surfer yes, Green Lantern. Uh, Unho- Unholy Alliance. Unholy Alliances, yeah. yes. Uh, so he wants to do that. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of things that we want to do that we really jazzed about and we really want to get to, and I think that you guys would be excited to hear whether you're not you're interested in the concept because we're excited to cover it, and I think that excitement would come over in the ep- come across in the episode. And, and we have the John's retrospective, which we still yeah, have to get John's into. retrospective. Um, I don't think there's any other uh, hangover topics that we promised in the the prior iteration of the Lantern Cast that we never actually got to. I think we did that with the Sinestro Spotlight. I think we did that with. Uh, or the Sinestro Coral War, rather. Uh, I think we did that with um, with the, the the commentary in the Emerald Twilight. I think we've, we've kind of knocked all those out of the park um, in terms of actually getting them done, not in terms of quality. I'm not tooting our own horn there. Um, right. But I just think that there's, there's so many other things that we want to get to. I think it's fair to say that we will get to them in some capacity, whether it's issue-by-issue issue review on air uh, or on in, in a blog format on the website, or maybe we just catch people up on what's happening and comment on it ourselves rather than instead of you know going issue by issue and just kind of do a general discussion about it. I have no idea. I have no idea how we're going to get to it, but I think it's fair to say that we will get to it. Don't you think? 
I, like in some capacity, for the most for the most part, it's not. We can't. We surely don't want to come out and 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 pledge that every single appearance of at any kind of lantern in every single book or way, shape, or form that we're actually going to get to. Not that I'm not that you're necessarily saying that, but I don't I don't want to give people false hope because of the fact that you know, no, just where lanterns are involved heavily, like you know, Smallville lantern. That's a lantern centric event. You know, in, in this. Year two of Injustice, the Lanterns and Sinestro Corps is involved really heavily. Uh, and, you know, uh, the power, there's actually a Power Ring story arc, you know, in Justice League. So, I mean, it, it's Lantern related. I think, I think at the very least, there should be, we should probably catch up and bring people up to date on what, what's been happening in Earth 2, uh, because Alan Scott is such a huge character. Um, but, uh, you know, I cut you off there. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It's fine. Yeah, I don't. There's no way we're gonna get to every lantern appearance, uh, if it's, even if it's just one issue. But I think cent- lantern-centric major storylines in a title, I think it's fair to say we get to it at some point in some capacity. Well, I'm not. I'm not promising an episode, and I'm not promising that it would happen soon. I'm just saying. I think it's fair that we, it will be mentioned in some form or another, uh, in some capacity <laughs> or another, uh, for from from us. But I just we just have no idea how. <clears throat> well said. Yeah. Uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we'll just hang on until next time. I was gonna get it to to this episode, but this this episode kind of went a little longer than we had intended. Uh, so do you want to do the closing and then we'll talk about the contest? You want to talk about the contest and then do the closing? I'll do the closing first. All right. Um, so if you'd like to contact us, the email is lanterncast at gmail.com lanterncast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, lanterncast.com. Check out our forums, our galleries, products of the week, uh, our ring cyclopedias rolling along our movie reviews. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. You can use hashtag GLCast to locate us on both. We are on iTunes and Stitcher, and if you like us on iTunes, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708-LANTERN and let us know what you think. Awesome. And uh, just we're going to keep talking about it, uh, mentioning it at some point every episode and from now until the contest is over. The contest, for lack of a better term... Lantern cast testimonials. We're basically looking for all of you creative types out there to either write awesome reviews or blog posts or do some art stuff or create a song or, you know, creatively edit a best of or something, something, anything. Uh, create icons, create uh, a WordPress website layout because our website is based in WordPress. Uh, do something awesome, create a header image for Facebook or Twitter for us, something, uh, and submit it to us via lanterncast at gmail.com. Uh, if it's a blog post or if it's something you put on DeviantArt or, you know, something like that, please provide a link to that so that we can do it. You know, if you have a, a song, post it to SoundCloud, you know, something like that, you know, whatever. Um, and, and email us the, the information and the link and the attach, necessary attachments. Uh, we're gonna, if we get more than, uh, more than five, um, we're gonna pick our five favorite, uh, among, collectively amongst Mark and myself. 
uh, put it in a hat and draw out the draw out the, na- the name, and we're going to win some stuff. Um, soft cover copy of Green Lantern Heroes Quest, a set of plastic uh, lantern rings, uh, a black through white, and a Green Lantern Rebirth action figure and soft cover trade set, um, which has the Sinestro Green Lantern and Hal Jordan Green Lantern figures in with the Rebirth uh, graphic novel um, as the prize. Uh, and this contest ends ends uh, on uh, at the end of the year. Uh, and if we get less than five, well, then Mark and I are just going to pick our favorite. Um, but we just really wanted to reach out to you guys and have you show your love of the Lantern cast however you feel best uh, and uh, pimp us out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. You just ruined I did it, Chad. I- <laughs> <laughs> chime in. Just I, I'm I'm burying us deep. You chime in. <laughs> After that, what can I say? <laughs> Where do you go from being pimped out, people? No, we're no, we we want to give back. I mean, we also want to know what you know. We want to get your input. We definitely have been it's been a big uh big big goal of ours since we since we've taken over the show to get as much of your feedback as possible and to put as much on in every episode pretty much so this is just another example of that and we're we have some good prizes we've other stuff for other contests that we will not mention now but we have other stuff too and hopefully even more stuff coming down the road so this is the first one to get the ball rolling so we're hopefully uh hopefully there'll be interest out there and we look forward to getting all the responses yeah i think you know we mentioned it in episode 200 but i think we're in a good place to where we can start changing things up uh not only with the show since we you and i have taken over but visually you know we can change the look of the website or you know we could have a testimonial section on the uh on the website or you know something like that you know because whenever you go to like a a website of, of some business or something there's always somewhere on the page that has like you know, pull quotes of customer reviews and stuff like that. And I think it'd be awesome to have some cool stuff like that, whether it be artistic related or songs or actual quotes of actual reviews. I mean, who knows? I just think it'd be, I just, I just think that since we involve the listeners so much, like you said, I I mean, you couldn't have said it better since we involve the listeners so much. This is another way to involve the listeners. You guys provide the material that other people will see that bring us in. For forget us pimping ourselves out, you know. You know what I mean? I, I know I say yes. I know I say that for the laughs, but I mean seriously, forget us going on Twitter, or Facebook, and using you know uh, the hashtags or stuff like that so that we can reach other people. It, it, it it's one thing if it's coming from the people who do the show. It's something else entirely that the listeners are so passionate that they're doing things themselves. And I think that by providing a, you know, a, a prize to reward that type of behavior, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's awesome. So I can't wait to see what you guys do from now to the end of the year. Make sure you send uh, the links and the necessary attachments to lanterncast at gmail.com. Valid only in Canada and the U.S. <laughs> Sorry guys, I, this, I, the, I'm, that was a good I, one. <laughs> I, I have the prizes. I can't, uh, I can't do shipping across the across the sea or across country, rather. Um, but I think in episode 200, was it, uh, was it, uh, 
Andy, who said that if it's the prize is over a certain value, he you have to pay tax on it. That that's kind of yeah, I think so. Yeah, like so I, even if we could ship, it's not fairly uh, to another country. It's probably not really fair for, to you for us to do that. <laughs> so um, that's it, guys, and we, I guess we'll see you guys next time, right? Do we have any idea what we're covering Sounds next good. time? Mm, depends when. No, we can come. We probably can throw out some ideas, but but it won't be Godhead yet because Godhead, if we're gonna do. The entire first act together, it, it won't be completed until the following yeah. week. We'll but, figure out something. Yeah, we we always <laughs> do. Alright guys, talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Uh, Just watching the end of this first first half of this game. Broncos 49ers? Yeah. That sucks they let the 40. I know you want the 49ers to win, but it sucks they let them score before the half. But at least at least Peyton Manning's last touchdown was to my guy in the fan in my fantasy's team, so that's good. <laughs> and may may I point out for the record that God you the Panthers suck. I know. I knew. I swear to God, I knew as soon as I got Cam Newton in that draft that that my quarterbacking was going to kill me in the money league. And it's like, well, the one the one time he has a good game last week, I don't play him, and then I play him this week, even though it looks like I'm going to win. Knock on wood, it looks like I'm going to win despite my quarterback play. But I could have freaking played Eli Manning and got like 35 points instead of playing Newton, and I got like eight. <laughs> yeah. and the other guy had the other guy had Aaron Rodgers too, so that, that was a double. So it was double salt on the wound. Well, what sucks is I'm not a big fan of the Colts. I hate Peyton Manning, but Brandon LaFell used to play for the Panthers, and uh, and he's doing well for the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, the Patriots. That's what it is. Uh, I said the Colts. Um, yeah, Brandon LaFell. So my hatred of the Patriots is being challenged by my love of Brandon LaFell. <laughs> I had him last year on my fantasy team. He sucked too. Oh, there they go recapping the Green Bay game. Yeah, I, I actually before I even. Before I even took my shower, I think that game was fourteen nothing. I was just kind of, I was just kind of hoping that was going to be one of those games where the it was such a blowout that, that Cam Newton would have no choice but to pass, or I at least would get sloppy fantasy points out of it. But I couldn't yeah. even get that. You don't pay a, a lick of attention to uh, college, do you? I pay a little, but not much. Just college football isn't really. <laughs> you see how badly A and M got whooped? No, I didn't pay. Who who did they play? Uh, Alabama, I think. I don't know. Um, but it was like fifty nine to zero. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and A and M's been doing pretty good this season too, but they just got their ass handed to them. So that sucks. I yeah, that's not good. I gotta see how my Red Raiders did for Texas Tech. I have a Panthers app on my phone and a Texas Tech app on my phone. Um, yeah, it was Alabama fifty yeah. fifty nine nothing. Jesus, yeah, um, that's, that's humiliating. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm waiting to see how the Panthers do. See if they change it up once some of their injured roster goes active again. Like D'Angelo Williams, I really am a big fan of D'Angelo. 
That's part of it. They're always the running backs are always hurt though. Him and Stewart are always fucking hurt. They've yeah. been hurt <laughs> for years and years. It's like, oh, these guys are really good, and they're it's good to have both of them as a ta- as a handcuff for the other. But they're both always hurt. <laughs> yeah, D'Angelo's uh, the, a big part, a big reason I started becoming a Panthers fan in the first place. And I'm kind of I'm kind of vetting the uh, 49ers to be a fan because I do like Kaepernick and Crabtree. I've been following since he was part of Texas Tech. So I hate Kaepernick. I get, that's the main reason I don't like the 49ers. I used to hate the 49ers back in the day when they were really really good, and then I kind of stopped disliking them for a while because and then and then once now that Kaepernick's there and is a good reason not to. A lot of people don't like the 49ers because of Harbaugh, but I actually I don't care about Harbaugh. It's ca- I wouldn't like them nearly. As, I wouldn't dislike them nearly as much if they had kept Alex Smith and they still had Harbaugh. Then I don't think I would dislike them as much. But well, a big a big part of the reason I don't like uh, I don't like uh, no the the only team the only team I don't like solely because of the quarterback is the uh, Steelers. Oh yeah, I hate Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, yeah. They can they can never they can never lose enough for me. So the fact that they're kind of like me, incredibly me, mediocre over the past few years is makes me feel good because I don't like him and I do like Tomlin. I think Tomlin's a good coach, but I don't I don't like Roethlisberger and it still pisses me off that game. I still that Super Bowl against Seattle when the when the friggin' fix almost seemed like it was in because every single call in the world went against the Seahawks in that game when they and that that still that still kind of bothers me too. Well, the Texas Tech won. They played uh, Kansas yesterday, and they won thirty-four to twenty-one. That's good. So uh, I don't. What are they? What is their record? I don't think they're ranked, are they? No, they're not ranked. But I don't know what what they are as far as win-loss. Shit. Is that information even on this app? No, it doesn't look like it. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it for you. Actually, we don't want. Okay, we don't want top twenty-five. What conference are they in? No, uh, they're in the Big Twelve. Big Twelve. Yeah. Oh, so they're only three and four. Uh, yeah, it's better than. Well, they were seven. Better than th- Kansas. Kansas they, is two and five. They were they were seven and zero oh last year until they went up against uh, Oklahoma, and then they lost every game except one after that. So I don't, I don't know what's happening to my teams this year. Panthers were doing so well last year, and I was like, "This is gonna be their year." And I, yeah. I didn't think it, I really didn't think it was gonna be their year, but I and I was kind of hoping they were gonna beat the 49ers. But mm. yeah, had, that's why I wanted the. I was so desperate for, for the Packers to take out the 49ers because I had a bad feeling if the 49ers got out of the first round, they were at least gonna make it back to the conference championship game, and I didn't want that. To, <laughs> I didn't want that to happen. Didn't so it didn't. It sadly did not surprise me that they did well against. I don't know. I I have a fondness for Carolina back because back in the day, my God, that's like how many years you were you were you were, you were a little you were a little kid when when that franchise was born. <laughs> <laughs> that back in the day when that when when they first were about to when they gave the franchise to Carolina, there were a lot of rumors going around back at the time that. Since I'm a Redskin fan, uh, that our 
our last really, really good coach, Joe Gibbs, who had been retired for a couple of years, all his former staff had pretty much at that current time were no longer coaching anywhere else as assistants or head coaches or anywhere. So there was a lot of rumors, especially because Joe Gibbs, I think, was buddy-buddy with Richardson. That or Rich, Is it Richards or Richardson who owns the team? Richardson, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think it's Richardson. Uh, uh, there were a lot of rumors that he was going to be their first head coach, that they were basically going to build a franchise from the ground up. So before they ever played a game, I kind of be- – and I still have – and one of them is actually in decent shape. I still have like a 19 uh, – uh, t-shirt from a like a 1995 premier season for uh, carolina that and i had a car and i still have my carolina winter jacket and all these things but that's kind of why i got into carolina to begin with and then of course the fact i like them in the ironically i used to like them more than jacksonville and then i kind of because i like brunel and coughlin and everything they did and i kind of became more of a jacksonville fan than i was a carolina fan mm-hmm. but they all suck now, including the Redskins. So what does it matter? <laughs> well, I, I, be, I, I decided to make my because every year I progressively get more and more into football. Um, I'm starting to understand before they even call it. Like I'm, I'm at the level now where I, before the refs call it, I can usually figure out exactly which which penalty is about to be called. Yep. But um, like I don't know who is AFC or NFC or whatever. Uh, and I don't recognize a whole lot of names, only the players that I follow. But I think maybe in the next year or two, I might get into fantasy football just because every year, like I said, progressively more and more, more and more into football. Um, <clears throat> but I've decided to become a fan based on how a team or the players I'm interested in conduct themselves on and off the field. And I, li- That's true. I like, I like Cam, you know, how he plays when he's playing well. I like how he is as a, as, as a captain or whatever. And I like, I like, you know, the, he gives the football to the kids, you know, that thing. That D'Angelo is a, basically the face of the breast cancer awareness for, for the NFL. Uh, I've been following him for, for a long time. Um, and I've, I've always liked Crab, Crabtree when he's playing for the, for the, for Red Raiders. But I don't know. And I like, I like Kaepernick and stuff, but I just, uh, I'm not about to delve into the world of saying I'm a fan of the 49ers until I see how they do this season. Not, not, not they could lose every game from here on out. I'm just I'm not focusing on whether or not they win or lose. <laughs> no, I no, I understand this. This I mean this year is going to be interesting because it's all mediocre. Every almost everybody's mediocre. There are few. There are few. There are a few good teams, and or there, this, put this way, there's a, there's a there's a very few very good teams. There's, I don't think there's any great team. There's a few. There's a couple of very good teams. There's a few more good teams, and there's a whole lot of average teams. I mean, teams that can look really good for two weeks, and then look. Even though it's not surprising based on their postseason track record, but just look at the Bengals over the last three weeks. Oh yeah, they were doing. Freaking Bengals started three and zero, then they got their asses kicked by New England. They they lost. They lost a game they shouldn't have lost to. to the, I mean, they tied a game they shouldn't have. They should have won to Carolina, and then they get their asses kicked again this week. So everything they built just got white. Got wiped out, and the Ravens, who had a bad start, now you have to think that the Ravens kind of are the favorite to win that division now. Mm-hmm. And the the NFC South is horrible. I mean, that's the only saving grace for both Carolina and the Saints is the fact that the whole division is atrocious. Yeah. The Falcons stink. The Buccaneers be, are beyond stink. So I mean, the only thing you, I guess if you're a Saints fan, the only thing you can, you hang your head on is the fact that your record your record sucks, but the fact that you probably should have won every game you played. I mean, you blew leads in every game. So if you want to, that might you might want to be able to pat yourself on the back and think 
that might give you the advantage over Carolina. Plus, you have six home games left. Mm-hmm. But who the hell? I don't know. It's 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 going to be one of those years well, where the I've never been a fan of them, even though I've lived in the state my entire life. But uh, Dallas seems to be doing really yeah. Really they look they they played they played a relatively crisp clean game for them today. I was kind of imp- and I and I. This is how it goes. It's like as a Redskin fan, in a way, I should hate Dallas more, but it's been so long since the Dallas Redskin rivalry has really meant anything <laughs> that I actually hate the Giants more. So I actually did want Dallas to. I did want. I mean, if I had any delu- any delusions that the Redskins could get back into the divisional race, then I would have rooted for the Giants. It's just Beth based on mathematics, but since I really know that's not pop, that's not going to happen, barring a miracle. That I felt I really wanted Dallas to win, and it's like. They 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 played a good game. Dallas definitely, they, as long as Dallas can play well against the Eagles, and they should, you know, they're in they're in good shape. I mean, their schedule's not super super difficult. But and the Broncos, are, I mean, the Broncos are one of the few very good teams left. I mean, I don't know if they're good. I don't think, but it's hard to say anybody who's good enough to win the Super Bowl at this point because you just don't know who's going to hold up or was how things are. Was, which Tom? Which Thomas was that? Oh, good. It's Demarius Thomas. That's was, the Thomas that I have. Was uh, well, who does Talib play for? Oh, he he's on he's on the Broncos now. God, I hate Talib. Yeah, I didn't like I've, I didn't I've, like I've, him when he was on Tampa, and I obviously I've, didn't like him even more when he was on the Patriots. I just think he's a douchebag. Yeah, he is. He is a. He's, he's not a good guy. yeah. He's one of those players that for, forget whether or not he plays well or not. He's just an asshole. Because like, I remember watching a game with him against the. Panthers last year, and he was just, you know, ju- you know, border. I, I think he had even had a couple of unsportsmanlike conducts called on him. He was just a douchebag. <clears throat> All right, so we should probably record. <laughs> I suppose so. So episode two hundred one. Yeah. All right, you ready? Sure. All right. Oh, let me hold on. Let me get my call graph thing going. Okay. I have mine going. I'll probably put the football talk at the end, just so so people can so people can know who we root for. So we have interests outside of the Yeah, <laughs> we, we do have lives, people. We do have lives.